1: Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So let's get started. Good morning and welcome to another beautiful Sunday here on KUNV 91.5 Public Radio Jazz and More. I am so excited that once again you have decided to rise early and join me Tanya Flanagan here on The Scoop for a short conversation. I hope you all are feeling well and recovering and enjoy tons of turkey. We recently just enjoyed Thanksgiving just a couple of days ago and I know we tend to eat and indulge in turkey and dressing and sweet potato pie or pumpkin pie, apple cobblers and cakes. So I hope you have had a couple of days to let that those good flavors just kind of be a good memory and reintroduce that exercise routine or at least the promise to reintroduce it. But Christmas is just around the corner, so we will be indulging once again. But this morning, it's early. It's beautiful. I hope you have a cup of coffee and our tea or whatever it is you like. I am Excited to welcome a friend to chat with me this morning who I've had the pleasure of knowing for a few years. And I think her her story is interesting and I hope that you find it um, insightful as well. Her name is Kim McCoy. Kim McCoy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here Happy with me. Here. Thank you for joining me this morning. Um We're talking today, Kim, I often do a segment that I sometimes call man on the street or woman on the street, where really it's just a moment to take a look at someone in our community who seems like an everyday person, but in their own way is dynamic and is a hero. I think we each have a story to tell and something to share. Kim is both a mother, she is a job, and she also is a first lady. And I began to think, hmm, what life must be like and the responsibilities of being a first lady, because we often see the role. And let me just preface that with, I don't know if all churches are the same, but black churches are definitely their own culture. So as I was growing up in the church, the first lady, the wife of the pastor has such a dynamic and prominent role and so many expectations but yours is even more so because you are a preacher's kid. So your mother was also a first lady. And I wanted to talk with yes. you about how you manage and balance and the demands on it. So first, let's talk. You you work for Clark County School District and you are a business yes. teacher. So what school are you at? What do you do in
0: that row? How does that work? How does, what does that look like during the week? What does it look like during the week? I am a proud business teacher in the career technical educational field, which is also most, um, I want to say, recognized as the STEM. I'm a STEM teacher. So I teach courses that help my marketing students be able to receive 9 to 12 college credits and Free at that, but they have to pass two um, curriculum end of the year program test and workplace readiness test, and also there, those students are involved in what's called DECA, which is an international high school marketing association, and we just left a leadership conference in Austin, Texas, and it was very. Um, Fulfilling. And what I like best is I had one student that succeeded in his area of expertise with a 99 percent in what's called a role play. And also those students that went on the trip, how they get on the trip is I run what's called the student store, um, which is ran Monday through Friday for three lunches. Because of the size of the school, we have to have three lunches. And it's like running another business. So that's my life. Wow. Well, that is quite
1: the load. And on top of that, you're a mom and a wife. So you have um, two kids of your own. I love your daughter's name. You know, she plays basketball, Amaya. And I love her name because she's a baller. And I think it's the perfect name for if she's ever drafted into the WNBA. (laughs) <laughs> and I always joke about that. I can't wait for her to get drafted into the WNBA so I can hear them call her name. Um, Maya McCoy. I just love her name. I think it's perfect for um, yeah. what she's gone into. Um, but the ba- And we joke about it, and she just looks at me like, Miss Tanya, really? But um, the balance of being a mom, a wife, having a job, and then having this role in the church... How do you, does it sometimes become overwhelming? And how do you balance it? Like in this role, are there platforms? It's like when when I think first lady in a way, it's like you think of Michelle Obama. You think of Hillary Clinton. You think of Barbara Bush. You think of, you know, it's the first lady title. And so with that comes platforms and initiatives, or should I say, Does it come with platforms and initiatives and programs? Like, what does it look like on the faith-based side of being a first lady? I
0: have to tell you, it is, it's different and it can be overwhelming, but that's if you're a woman of God, but you're focused on basically what people would say. So my focus is representing uh, God and being an ambassador from God so that people will see the light in me and want to worship him. So in the beginning, as a young girl growing up in the church, um, my father didn't become a pastor until my late high school years, my teen years, and So, yes, everyone focuses on what you say, what you do, didn't know how to go about that. But what helped with that is he not only made sure, he and my mother not only made sure we went to church and Sunday school, but often um, our father-daughter time was on Saturday mornings um, when he was teaching me out of the Bible besides on top of Sunday school because I was a child that had all kinds of questions, you know, um, you know how, cause you still have all kinds of questions, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how a kindergarten is like, why is the sky blue? Mm-hmm, and you had to, have, I,
1: I was the same why way. I had to high. understand the why <laughs> behind you. Couldn't just tell me something when I was a kid, you still can in a way, but when I was a kid, you couldn't just right. tell me something. I remember, um, My dad, and this is a quick sidebar story, he came home, he was watching me, Mm -hmm. and I was outside skating, roller skating on the front carport. Well, he told me not. And normally I could skate down the street, down the sidewalk, come back. Because, you know, it was back in that time when everybody's watching the kids when they were outside. So it wasn't just your parents. It was the whole neighborhood watching. So I'm doing my roller skating thing. And my dad on this particular day said don't go skating down the street but he didn't say why i couldn't go and he went in the house to do something i think he went and laid down he wasn't feeling well so me i'm like well why and he said just don't go like i told you oh okay so the the best the curiosity in me that got the best of me though there i went down the street to figure out why can't i go down the street today got down that street girl four dobermans were down there on the side of this house that had nothing to do with our neighborhood they were just these loose dogs but they were minding their business (laughs) until they saw me on the road Mm -hmm. skates and I was like and I so now I'm on skates trying to get two houses back to the house I was never supposed to leave in the first place (laughs) because I could always get in the house from the point that I was at that he left me Screaming at the top of my lungs, but I was that kid who had to have explanation. So if he had told me, because there's four Doberman features down there, I would have done what I was told. Right. But I didn't have all the information. So I needed all the information. I got the information all all right. Girl, I got the information all right, screaming at the top of my lungs as four dogs were on my heels on roller skates. So I, I am your twin. I am your twin. Okay. Yes,
0: yes. And I th- I believe um, in being a pastor's wife, I see um, some of the women I hear of the struggles and all of this stuff about what's going on. And I would actually see my mother um, as being a pastor's wife. I will watch the things she's doing. I had friends that were pastor wives, and they were like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. So I would um, actually just learn things to do and things not to do. Mm-hmm. So I was really blessed as watching my mom do things, and um, I felt as though she's she was very quiet, and I felt as though she should speak out more. So I'm not totally how she is. Are you more I vocal? Speak out. Run away. So because yeah, of that, are you, are you more vocal?
1: Ministry. Yeah. So what are some of yes, the things I'm that you use your ministry vocal. to do? Like, Do you have I, like an um, agenda, something you, you're passionate about that in this role you're introducing through the church and to the community or to just your church family?
0: Yes. I, um, my husband kept saying, you need to pay over the women's ministry. You need to do this and do that. And he kept stressing that, and I was like, okay, Mom didn't do that. She let someone else be over it. But um, I watched certain things that weren't going well and why my dad wanted her to be over the women's ministry, because he trusts her. And that's why I got that from my husband. I would like for you to be over the women's ministry because you trust where I'm going in the ministry, and you wouldn't know what to do, and I can depend on you. So, and we know things won't get out of line, basically. That's what I want to say. Things got kind of out of line um, by my mom not being over the women's ministry. So, I am over the women's ministry as, um, and it's called Hannah's Sisters Ministry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the purpose is uh, for the Abundant Heart Community Church's women's ministry is to serve God, um, the church and the community. And it's to help other women know how important they are to God. That's very, very important because a lot of women feel as though um, if all the men are doing everything in the church and they are not able to do anything, they feel as though they're not important. Basically, it could be any church that's following the Bible that's telling you what your role is. I know Don and I are one. That's in Genesis 2. When we became together, we're as one. But I know my role. And when I look at the things he has to do and the decisions he makes, I'm glad he's in that role. That's where you have the problem, um, Tanya, is when women don't know their role.
1: And okay. are you saying their so role in general or their role because we're talking about your role as a um a first lady. Are we talking now about right. the role in its totality where there's a wife, there's a mom, there's you're you're a woman. So as women we're very dynamic and we play in a sense a lot of roles because we have varied responsibilities. So our, so does this Transcended and applied to the role as first lady, the role as wife, the role as mom, the role as employee or business owner or whatever venture and adventure a woman is finding herself in? Like, how do you take what keeps you moving forward, harness that, and help to cultivate the women around you to have a a more intense understanding of how this will serve them and help them because i've seen you do um, some of that how do you how do you what's the essence of how you're taking what you understand and using those lessons to help shape other people so that they have a better understanding of women
0: what their role is mhm mhm um basically Studying Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, mm-hmm. um, people did not know that her husband's crops died, and they did not—they were almost suffering. But by her role as she had a profession, um, she was a classy lady because she—when she went to the market to exchange her her goods— She brought back seasoning for food for her household that was not at the 99 cent store. She brought expensive seasoning back that you would purchase from Whole Foods or Sprouts or you you see what I'm saying? She went all the way to the other side of town. She was doing everything she could to make sure they stayed. They weren't eating um, pork and beans. That's basically what she was doing. I'm just paraphrasing.
1: No, we we want that. We want to make sure that we break this down in a way, because when you um, speak to things from a biblical perspective, sometimes it's not a perspective that everyone has or can share in. So I want to make sure the things that you understand are relatable to those who are not studying the Bible. But how do we relate that to an everyday life space so that there's a tangible takeaway for those who listen who aren't reading. They may decide to read after listening to the show and, and listening to you to to, to change that um, relationship, <laughs> yeah. but I want to make sure it's relatable for those who aren't. So,
0: Okay. Thank you you're for that, um, giving me permission to break it down. Break it down. So basically, she did not go around letting people know that I am taking care of this household. She's a, everyone was looking up to the king. When he went out with his friends to talk to them, he was not ashamed that his crops were dead and that he was not being the man of the household. He, When he got home, they still looked up to him as a king. But when she arrived home, they rolled out the carpet for her because she was the kids and him, because she was and still cooked. And what I really liked about her in her role, she had, how did she keep all of this going? How was she able to take care of her house, take care of the kids, do everything? She had mates. But what I like about her, her nature is she fed her mates. She would actually cook for them when they were done. So she actually had help to be able to do everything she was around, and that's Um, Around the household, so that's what I want to tell women. I was actually not just all Bible. I actually watched Oprah Winfrey talk about um, the. It was a show on Black Society about how we spend all of our money on uh, clothes, uh, brand name clothes, and everything like that. She says, "But the problem with women that are currently working, Black women." Um, they don't, they can afford to be able to have a mate. So I actually have a mate um, to help me assist, you know, with the household. And I also work, um, I spend time with my children. I'm at a school where it's predominantly um, Mormon. So I take on their aspects. Uh, as far as they meet with their children every morning at 6 a.m. at the uh, church for seminary. And I told my son, we're not going to go anywhere at 6 a.m. Because we're barely pushing out of the house at 6 a.m. But at 6 a.m., we meet downstairs, and he and I have scripture and prayer time together. And then I make sure... uh, as a wife, that I spend time with my husband. We even have date nights um, where we pick once a week to spend time together. If we get so busy in the ministry and at work and everything um, with the kids, just by me, if he says I'm just going to get a green smoothie, at tropical smoothie, I will hop in the car with him because I feel quality time. It's just me and him right now. And I feel like that's the date going to get a, a green smoothing. So it's, it's all about knowing your role, accepting your role, and not focused on pleasing man. That was my problem growing up as a young girl. I would often want everybody to be happy. Everybody had to be happy in my circle. And my dad will tell me, Kim, everybody's not going to be happy. Everybody's not going to accept who you are. So it's in the in the other world. You think that that's in a world with no chaos. That's the way you know, you want everybody happy. But in the real world, that can't happen. So it took me a while to learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in finding that in the ministry. If I do something one way, somebody's not going to like it. And I find that on my team. I have a team that helps with the women's ministry. I have a team from age 18 till um, the late 50s, <laughs> all the way to 70s. Even I have a, a team member that is age 70. So if you mix your team up that way, that, the different ideas and everything will help bring the women engaged into learning the Word of God. And it can be different ways. We could have a, a pastor's wife. We can go to a, a retreat for women. It doesn't have to be the pastor's wife. We can have a retreat for just the women. Like I said, it could be a spa day. Um, we can have prayer breakfast, different things. That's why I have a team from age 18 all the way till seventy. As our
1: oldest. That is really cool. I mean, I think so, what I love the most about what you said is it um, in, in tuning into watching you explain everything it's understand and the importance of understanding your role. It's also recognizing the relationship like there's a role attached to each relationship. And so there's a balance in continuity and understanding your role. And the attachment to each relationship, like there's one certain things you'll do with your husband as a wife, certain things you do with your children as a mom, certain things you do with your students as a teacher, certain things you do with your, with your girlfriends or people that you know as a friend. And then the role that you play also in, in terms of being a leader and an exemplary role model as a first lady to the women in the church being over the women's ministry. But it was just really nice to hear the understanding of how it can be this, from the smallest things to the, the larger things that create the connection and keep things balanced. Whether the simple part of going into um, getting in the car to go get a smoothie, because it's quiet time or it's time together with your, with your spouse. Yes. And so I just think that Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful way of looking at how to keep the focus. And at the same time, recognizing that as a woman, you mentioned having a maid. We often try to be so many things to so many people. Like moms are invincible. They're all powerful. And even though there's dad, mom, 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 Mm -hmm. the reality that you do not have to do everything alone. And that's what... Um, help is for and having the maid is recognizing that yes, I could, but if I bring when you can have those resources, and maybe it's not having a maid, but maybe it's having a network because not everyone has. And yeah. you're right, you can. There's also the, the prioritizing of how we spend our dollars so that we can direct them accordingly. So if I didn't do lunch out or I didn't buy whatever designer shoe or handbag or whatever I would have this money this month and I could have a maze so then I could get quality time back. It's how I'm spending the dollars, but I can get the quality time back and the quality time allows me maybe to have exercise time or um, meditation time or time for lunch with the girlfriends or just not spending all my time trying to mop a floor, fold clothes, wash clothes, dust furniture it's time I can now take mm-hmm. and spend with my family cuz I've prioritized what's important, how I'm spending my resources, what I am aligning my resources with. And so I just think that that puts in perspective the value of relationships, money, time. It just it was it just put in perspective the value of relationships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: We are kind of, we're winding down, we're into our last five minutes of the show. It's been really enlightening for me, and I hope it has been for our listeners to get uh, the perspective from you as a first lady, as a mom, as a wife, the nurturing, the natural nature that you have to teach and to share, because I think that's a lot of what being a first lady is, is about. Am I wrong? Am I right? The naturalness to teach and to share and to
0: guide. And that's natural. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It's natural. And I want our women to know that they they mean a lot. Um, When Jesus came back, the first person he told is to tell them that I'm alive was a woman. It was Mary, Mary Magdalene. And a lot of the women in the Bible are part of his lineage. Rahab. Rahab was a former prostitute. And she um hid the spies out for she hid the spies so they can do what they needed to do in the city of Jericho, and she ends up becoming a lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I want people to know women to know um I am a uh, woman uh domestic violence, not a victim, I am a survivor. Of domestic violence, Um, not from this husband, (laughs) Um, one from years ago. Um, But I had a place to go. Mm -hmm. I had a place to come home to be with my father and my mom again, once again, and to get myself in order to get together, actually went to counseling whole nine yards. Um, Because my father says, I'm your pastor. But I, I'm not an expert in that. So you have to go get assistance. So I became a hero at Safe Nest because I never looked back. I never went back. And because I read the story about Tamar in the, in the Bible. And, and I introduced them to Tamar. So they were able to use biblical, you know, counseling. So, um, but with that being said, as Hannah's sisters, that ministry, I want us to be praying women to learn the word of God and to help others. And that's my vision. That's my goal is to get a house and your neighbor may be part of Hannah's sisters and you won't even know it for women that are um, dealing with domestic violence and have no place to go. So that's my vision that I'm looking for um, to and I need the assistance with the team. That's the ministry that I'm looking for is to own homes, open up homes for women that um, are suffering from domestic violence.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. I love it. And I'm congratulations to you on being a survivor. We are, the clock is slowly ticking out on us. Is there, as we grind down into the last minute, quickly. Any invitation or a way people can contact you to become engaged or to learn more, just to come and listen if there's an opportunity just to listen to a program you're having in 15
0: seconds or less, just how to reach you. Okay. I can be reached online at abundant-heart.org. And we would have all the events listed there. And you can also click on the Hannah Sisters Ministry event, and that way you can um, contact me. Perfect. Um, Thank you so
1: much. We are really, it's been a great conversation. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in. We are out of time. These great conversations always go by faster than we expect. Wish we had more time. But I thank you for getting up again on a wonderful Sunday morning and tuning into the show. Have a wonderful week. Stay healthy. Stay safe. And um, be blessed. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tonya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.